I think it's time for every dog, every cat, any pet in North Carolina to start pulling its weight, and I think that's reasonable. Gene Jenkins. This would painlessly raise millions of new dollars to benefit citizens of North Carolina, and the pet owners in particular. That's Gene with a J and Jenkins with a G. Yes, the Jenkins plan includes a call for a state pet tax, a small, and I'm talking about very few dollars, annual tax on every pet. Think of how many people own pets and how many dollars and services it can provide. The tax would pay for pet-related costs like parks rubbery, highway animal cleanup, and new uniforms for mail carriers. If you see that name on a ballot, remember, the Jenkins plan is a reasonable plan. It's reasonable to expect a very tiny tax on, say, goldfish, and the plan has thought that through. The rate is determined by the size and environmental impact of the pet. Gene Jenkins is a reasonable man. I'm Gene Jenkins, testing the North Carolina waters. Keep listening. Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. Here he is, Jerry Springer. Every day. Whoa. What, what kind of intro was that? This, this is how we start. Yeah, here's Jerry Springer. Man, that's exciting. I said, well, first of all, Megan Hills usually does that role. Yeah, a lot better, might we say. I, I, I hear you. With a little enthusiasm. Megan is uh, an HR professional. She has a regular full-time job, and she is, uh, she's a trainer, and she is in, I think, New Jersey. So that's why she's not here. Have you thought about getting a regular full-time <laughs> well, job? I thought the task was, because I asked Megan, how do you do the opening? And she says, uh, say Jerry's name and something. I just thought, here's Jerry Springer. I, th I said it, but it didn't have the punch no. No. or the show busyness of it. No, it, it's kind of a dead way to start a show. Okay. It doesn't suggest that right. anything coming up is going to be either interesting or exciting. All right. D David, are we rolling? You're rolling yes. tape, as we say. We are. Maybe um, I just noticed my first wife, Bonnie, just walked in in the audience. Oh, there she is. Bonnie. And, well, and for that matter, yeah. Jerry's wife, Mickey, is in the yes. audience. And hey, let's wanna, do this you again. Wanna get, you want to get people listening to this? Yes, I do. And even watching on Facebook? Yes. If I said later on in the show, Mickey's going to be singing. Oh, that would be amazing. Can we make that happen? <laughs> Not in this lifetime. <laughs> but, but if I said it, people would say, oh, my God. Okay, let, let's take the <laughs> intro again. I'm just going to spin this around and yeah, have let Bonnie, Bonnie show you how say, a normal okay, person would do it. Hit it, Bonnie. And here's Jerry Springer. Yeah. All right. Oh, man. That was Whoa. better. Yeah, now, I, now I feel a little bit that better. Was better. That was better. Now I feel like, okay, I'm going to make a commitment to this show. Right, right. One of the few I have left. Yeah, that's right. Shows? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, hey, uh, so we got this guy, uh, first time I heard the ad, but we have somebody running ads on our podcast his name is Gene Jenkins, Gene with a J, Jenkins with a G. And he is running. Here's what I know. 
He is now running in the state of Kentucky. His ads say North Carolina because right. apparently he tried this in North Carolina, testing the waters, as he says. Yeah. It didn't catch on. No. And now he's moved reason. it over to Kentucky. But he must be such a cheap ass that he's not then changing the name of the state. So he's running that ad which says North Carolina in, in Kentucky. Kentucky. Thinking that it's not that big of a deal. You know, they're, <laughs> they're both tobacco states. And uh, so, uh, but the, here's the issue. His ideas, that ad, if you listen, was about pet taxing, taxing pets. Yes. Another way to raise money. There are, by the way, ticket taxes. They do yeah. that in the Cincinnati area. If you come in for a concert, Willie Nelson, right. there's a ticket tax. There's all sorts of taxes. His idea, and that is, is a, is a pet tax. And the size of the taxes you could hear is varies on the size of the pet. So a little goldfish would be maybe a nickel uh, tax, and a Great Dane would be a bigger tax. And what if a Great Dane had a litter? No, well, then, then you pay more, just the same as if you buy a bigger house, I guess. But, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. That guy sounds a whole lot like somebody who I would call a friend of our show. He started calling our show a while ago, about a year and a half ago. Oh, I know. State you. Senator Tip Kemper. And he calls us, and I remember one of his ideas was, and you can relate to this because you have an in-ground private pool. Uh, I could only dream of such a thing. But there is, a, he's got this idea that, because we, the municipal pools are hard to keep going and expensive to give a voucher to poor children that then come to the more wealthy people's backyard pools and then you have to take them and you get, I think, a $5 voucher for every kid that comes five days a week. You have to be open Monday through Friday. You have to give them, as I recall, you are required by state law to give them a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a dry towel. You have to give them a towel. Yeah. And, and, and they're entitled to swim in your private pool. Right. For ten five people. Um, Maximum of 10, as I recall, was yeah. his idea. And if you didn't want to do it, that violates the law. You could and get you would a ticket. Be, you would you get ticketed. And if you did it, turn, turned away children too much, you would then. How did this idea go? Oh, it didn't go well at all. No. <laughs> no, but it's a stupid idea. And but this Gene Jenkins, I, I, I don't want to say he's stealing ideas because I don't know if there's any penalty for stealing stupid ideas, but he's doing that. Apparently not. Have you looked at Washington? No, I hear you. <laughs> and by the way, uh, later in the show, well, first of all, we're going to hear from Bennett Wales. Let's hear it for Bennett Wales. Traveling through these parts as a performer and a songwriter, he's from Virginia Beach, and he has a band called uh, Bennett Wales and the Relief, and so we're going to hear from him in a little bit. And Jerry, thank God, is going to talk about, because this needs to be discussed, uh, Donald Trump's policy of separating children from their parents, and then today as we do this podcast, because some will hear this, some are hearing it live on Facebook Live, wave to Facebook Live, Jerry, right there, say hello. And, uh, or hearing it on our Hello. live stream at jerryspringer.com. But others are going to hear it on the archive. But on the day we're doing this, Donald Trump caved and uh, signed an executive order to stop separating children from their parents at the immigration uh, southern border. 
So um, yeah, but it's yeah. We'll talk about we'll it. We'll get it's to not that. Not a complete yeah. Yeah, um, David. Yes. Just to get this guy right, he's we're running a number of ads for Gene Jenkins. Gene with a J, Jenkins with a G. That's kind of clever because I guess usually it's spelled G E N E and J E N K N S. That's you how your sec- name's spelled. It's weird. It's kind of the way I spell mine. It Gene with a J. The only clever thing that is happening in this show. <laughs> you got it. Hey, David, do you have a second ad? Yes. It's here. Just one more from Gene Jenkins. North Carolina deserves more jobs and a higher quality of life, and we can have these things when our citizens work to improve our state's literacy rate. Gene Jenkins. The Jenkins plan includes a mandatory reading law for North Carolina, and the plan is simple. Every other month, every adult must read one book, write a report on that book, mail it to the state. That's Gene with a J and Jenkins with a G. That means we'll all be reading at least six books per year. You choose the book. It can be Shakespeare or Stephen King, Hound of the Baskervilles or Garfield. The point is to read and write regularly and enjoyably. If you see that name on a ballot, remember the Jenkins plan is a reasonable plan. It's a reasonable plan because it doesn't give grades. It gives government benefits for excellence, and that's an incentive for everyone to improve their literacy skills. Gene Jenkins is a reasonable man. I'm Gene Jenkins, testing the North Carolina waters. Keep listening. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of reasonable, though, when you think about it. No, I mean, it's stupid. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's yeah, it's stupid. Right. Um, yeah, first of all, the government can't force you to read a book. It would be very nice. Uh, what, do you, what about people who don't know how to read? You're going to find them. What do you mean, send a book report into the post office? <laughs> who, who in the post office is going to read that report? And... Um, so yeah, this is uh, yeah, it's a stupid idea, but so it, well motivated. So but I could see why he's not running in North Carolina anymore. Yeah. So you you think this? And stuff, you think he's going to find more people reading in Kentucky? Uh, I I think that uh, it's an easier an easier yet. push to get this through in my state of they, Kentucky. Yeah. I think so. Well, I think it would help if he changed his commercials to say testing the waters in Kentucky because I had a conversation with the people that place the ads. And they say uh, it's for Kentucky, and I pushed them on that. Why aren't you? Why are you saying North Carolina? And they said, I, I'm just going to tell you what they said. I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Okay. There's idiots in Kentucky won't know the difference. That's what they said. Oh, that see, that's what they said to me. Yeah. That is <laughs> <Those> people. <laughs> It's my state. It's my state. I also want to give a shout out. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm not one of those, and I'm I'm not bragging here, but I I don't really expect a lot. Right. But I'm sitting here, (laughs) you and me, we're sitting here at this, this is our desk. This is it's a show desk, as you would it's call a show it. It's a show desk. Let's say, just for example, let's say Oprah Winfrey decided to do a podcast. Let's say. Do you think they would sit her down at the and it's not even nailed in? <laughs> Easy now. They Easy just now. put this. We got microphones here, attached. And I don't know what it's got pictures of. Oh, these are for various concerts or whatever. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it, well, it's very cool in a um, in a teenager's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> But what 
And, and, and so this is where we're working now. I, I got a different take on it. My this. life is declining. I hear you. I hear you. I, I just see, you. say goodbye. Forget the limo. Where does it go from? By, by the way, what is the pathway backwards? If you have a, if you have a Bentley, a private jet, uh, seven homes on four continents, what is the, what's it look like going backwards? <laughs> As you move, have you ever seen the inside of a bankruptcy court? <laughs> that's where we're headed. That's what it looks. That's like. where we're headed. That's what it yeah. looks like. No, yeah. you adjust. You okay. Adjust. And the other day, I had a hamburger. <laughs> oh, instead of a cheeseburger. Hey, by the Cheese way, is I, off. that's the first thing you cut back on. Okay, I get, and I guess we can say because it's it's in the popular media. But um, the 27 years of the Jerry Springer show, by the way. Oh, my God. That's a hell of a run. Oh. Oh. That is a hell of a run, 27 years. That was, yes. Is that the longest-running show of some type, would you say? It probably it's is, the, right? Yeah, it's the longest-running uh, daytime talk show uh, in history other than Phil Donahue. All right, well, that's quite amazing. Opened it at uh, 25. So, yeah, it's... In a, all seriousness, Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. great. I mean, I've been very lucky, and I've loved it. But the show is continuing. We, right. it, we produced between four and 5,000 shows in yeah. the can. So we signed a contract to keep running the show for several more years, you know, on the CW. So people watching really aren't going to notice much of a difference because no one has seen 5,000 shows. Correct. So well, the I've truth seen, is, I believe I have. It's like, how many years? <laughs> and that's why you are why you are. <laughs> yeah, where, where I am today. Yeah. So the show the will table. still be on, but in terms of produce, we produce some for the next season. Yep. And each season, I guess a decision will be made how many new shows to produce for that year. But at some point, it's not really worth it because you suddenly realize, why are you spending money producing new shows when most of the people alive yeah. haven't seen the other shows yet? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's really a business decision made by people way above me. And, uh, but I'm very grateful. There's not a complaint and, you know, who else? I've been so lucky. So I'm and there's grateful. a lot of things I know that's because we hang out together. There, you know, this isn't the end of even possibly TV. We don't know yet. You don't know yet. I'm, it's not that I'm part of it, but you're... There's some things cooking. We'll see, yeah. what, we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, that, that page turns. Uh, I haven't noticed any difference. I mean, I haven't seen any for sale signs. I still see the... Pl I've never, ever been on the airplane. I have, in all the years we've been friends, well, I've never been on the plane. Change. And that is not going to change. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always thought, no. oh my God, I'm going to ride on a private jet because that's not the world yeah. that I come from or that I live in. And... Uh, I'm a little bit like I don't Gene Jenkins. Take, it yeah. was stupid on my part to no, think that. No, but I don't want to take you from your world. No, it's good. <laughs> good, because once I see that, uh, yeah, anyway. Hey, uh, serious question. We've all followed in this time period like today, or let's say the last week particularly, the last two or three days really in particular, a huge controversy over in images and uh, audio sound of uh, wailing children. It's been horrible. I mean, I've seen yep. many news anchors crying on camera over this. Uh, Anyone who has a kid. 
Anybody you who can't has a imagine kid can't imagine you relate some to your government kid official grabbing your kid away from you. And that child, four years old, three years old, is like the only thing they know is they're usually their mommy, could be their dad, sometimes both. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what's your analysis of that whole thing? Well, the first thing is, is the problem, despite today's headlines, uh, hasn't really been solved because all that happens now is that, um, you know, Trump said... The family trying to seeking asylum coming over uh, with their child, and they don't yet have the documents, and they're going to be sent back or whatever. Um, they now are allowed to stay together in the same jail. They're not going to take the children away. So the whole family will be in the same cell. The problem is, under the law and under court cases, you can't keep a child in that situation for more than 20 days. And there aren't enough attorney, there aren't enough lawyers to hear these cases for asylum to to see whether they're even under current immigration laws whether they're entitled to be in the country. So it's going to be way more than 20 days. So you're going to run into the problem 20 days from now. So that the lawsuits that are starting as we're talking are going to be endless. So this doesn't solve the problem at all. So. There's several things that came to mind during this whole debate, because what did it say about our government's character, and ultimately, what is it going to say about our character, that we, the United States of America, could show the world that we think it's okay for however period of time to grab a child away from his or her family. I'm going to start out with these uh, pro these right-to-life groups, these pro-families groups, these very religious groups that have had a moral message for America. That is their basis. They are pro-family. That's even their name. The right to life, you know, preserve life, make something of life. The family is the single most important entity. You know, this is what they believe. And now... Suddenly, when Trump said, through Sessions, said, okay, we're going to take the kids away from the parents when they come across, and that will be an incentive for families not to come over if they hear that their kids are being taken away from them. In other words, use the kids as hostages. You either pass my immigration bill or you don't get your kid back, kind of, the kids aren't going back, kind of thing. Here's my complaint about these religious groups. I know most of them have issued statements, strong statements, saying that they disagree with what Trump is doing. That's like politicians saying after a mass shooting in a school, our hearts and prayers are with the family, our thoughts and prayers are with the family. It's nice words, but it's meaningless. What these religious groups should be saying is we urge, or just as they do when they get involved in, their, in the abortion issue, they should simply let their flock know that it is their view that people should stop supporting Donald Trump whenever he runs for office. Just stop supporting him. That's what they need to be saying. That's what they need to be writing in their columns. Not from the pulpit, because that's illegal. You can't mix that up. But just 
in generally in the community, just like you always hear the priests and uh, various religious groups talking against abortion. They must say that. Now, they will come back and say, well, we like Trump on other things. You know, if your whole reason of being, your whole reason of existence is to be a moral force for life, if that is your reason for being, there can be no political compromise. If you want to go into politics, that's fine. Then do it, because in politics, you make deals, you compromise on this, you pass that. But that's not the function of the right-to-life groups. That's not the function of the pro-family groups. The function of those groups is to have the moral standard to say, this is what we believe, and if you want to be live to this morality, this is it. And if you don't support us on this, we, we will oppose your continuing in office. That, because now what these religious groups have said by refusing to say that, what these religious groups have said is, we're really not that serious about it. We don't really believe it. We're in favor of it. We think it's wrong that you separate families from kids. We think family's important, but it's probably more important that we get Trump elected to office because on a lot of issues, we're with him. You're no longer a spokesperson for the moral issue. They have a responsibility to be consistent. Politicians don't because politics by nature is making deals and negotiating, et cetera, not the religious groups. So that's my first complaint about watching these editorials being written, nice words, but they weren't willing to say, Trump has lost our political support. Don't be asking us for money. Don't be coming campaigning with us. If you have that low a moral standard that you think it's okay for however many days or weeks that the kids are separated from the parents, you do not deserve to be in political office. We can't support you. That's against everything we believe in. That's the first thought I had. The second thought I had is, we're America. The whole concept of America to the rest of the world is that we're the one place is that if you're seeking asylum, if you're running away from terror, if you're running away from horrible dictatorships, from, from you know, your life's in, in danger, impossible conditions, you just, what human being wouldn't grab that kid and say, come on, we're getting out of here? How many Jews were trying anything they could to get out of Germany? What, what's wrong with, why don't we, and America is the place where, yeah, it's okay. What are you talking about an immigration crisis? Really? I'm not saying it's not a political issue. I understand it is. But a crisis? How many people went to sleep last night not being able to fall asleep because you think there are too many immigrants in America? Really? Your life is suddenly bad because... They're immigrants in America. And by the way, we're not talking, quote, undocumented immigrants. They're talking about lowering the number of immigrants, legal, permitted in the United States. They want to lessen immigration. That's not America. We're just, it's almost like the whole country saying, eh, 
this is a joke. We don't really believe this, you know. We'll salute the flag. We'll get upset if somebody takes a knee. We'll sing the national anthem during the seventh inning stretch or God bless America. We'll do all that. But do we really believe in it? If it's, any, if it's anything, any cost to us, do we really believe that America is the place, give me a tired, you're hungry, you're poor, the Statue of Liberty? We need to all ask ourselves that question because honestly, and this isn't just a thing for a podcast or a political speech, I honestly am starting to believe that most Americans really don't believe in the idea of America. This is a nice place to live. And you can live in a nice neighborhood, and you got sports, and you get the entertainment, and you can travel around and whatever. But do we really believe in what America stands for? Be nice to see some evidence of that. Finally, and here's a moral issue. Let's say no matter what I said, you still disagree with me. We, gotta, we have an immigration problem. We got to stop the flow of immigrants into this country. Let's say you just believe that, and nothing I say is going to make you change your mind. And you will then say, therefore, you justified, as Sessions was doing, you justified the idea, yeah, it seems cruel for the moment that kids are being taken away from their families when they come across the border, but that's going to turn out to be very effective. Because as other families hear about it, they're probably not going to want to come across the border with their kids. So it could be an effective deterrent. I agree. But let me give you this example. We'll all agree here that we need to stop drunk driving. Okay, we all agree. Even people who drink say, you know what? It's not right to be drunk and to drive. And you could wind up killing yourself and killing other people. And just horrific stories about people being killed by drunk drivers, wounded, maimed for life. So we know that's a serious problem. Well, we could stop it within a month. Within a month, we could cut it to we could cut it by 99%. If there was a every state, federal law, everything, mandatory, if you are picked up for drunk driving. If on the breathalyzer, you are drunk, mandatory sentence, 10 years in prison. But I have a family at home. I, you know, I got a job and all that. 10 years in prison, no chance of parole for those 10 years if you are caught once driving drunk. Now, we all know, no matter how much we would scream and yell, that would stop drunk driving overnight. So yes, that's a very effective deterrent. But why don't we do it? Because we understand as human beings, there's some things that where the, you just don't do because it's too harsh of a penalty, cruel and unusual punishment. It doesn't take into account possible other things that are involved. Maybe that's too harsh for the first time. Why we don't want to destroy a family. That would be the argument, wouldn't it? How many people would come before Congress and testify, it's unfair to the kids. They have kids at home. You can't take away mom or dad because they were driving drunk. That's the exact same argument here. Just because something is a deterrent 
Just because there are ways to stop certain crimes doesn't mean as a civilized society, compassionate society, people that have the heart, people that understand human frailties, people that understand that sometimes people go outside the bounds of appropriate behavior, people that understand that, we want to have a legal system that protects the public but also takes that into account. This is why there never was an ounce of sanity in this idea of trying to stop immigration, which we shouldn't be doing in the first place, trying to stop immigration because you think it's effective that you're going to take kids away from their parents. That was excellent, Jerry. Good job. Good job. All right, we're going to call uh, Bennett Wales up. And uh, Bennett is here from uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia. And uh, he is a songwriter and a singer, and he performs solo, as he's going to tonight. But he also has a band called uh, The Relief that he works with. Uh, Bennett, hey, how you doing? How's it going? Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Sure, sometimes you perform so low we can't hear you. Oh, hey. <laughs> boom hey. hey, all right. <laughs> yeah. It's not like I'm not trying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bennett, um, well, I tell you what, do, you're going to do a song. Let's hear a song, then we want to talk with you about sure. uh, your music and stuff on the other side. And this is called Sugar Walls. Sugar Walls, yes. All sir. right, Bennett Wales. Don't be going home with no joker of a man. 
He won't give you what I give you And he don't want you to be mine Give me one more shot, baby And I swear I'll get it right I was trying to get to know you If you would help me understand Don't be going home With no joker of a man He won't give you what I give you And he don't want you to be mine Give me one more shot, babe And I swear I'll make it right Bennett Wales, uh, Bennett Wales in the relief, by the way. Well, here's where you can hear his uh, music more. Uh, one, a website, thereliefmusic.com. Yes, sir. Uh, latest album, Bennett, is uh, Flood Without Water, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. Um, you can, he's got a YouTube channel, and boy, that's a great, a lot of energy, very unique style. Love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so you, are you out touring or travel? What brings you to the greater Cincinnati area from Virginia Beach? This show, this show. I, right, I, did, play, um, I did play last night in, uh, in Fayetteville, West Virginia. It nice. was on the way um, at the Burrito Bar. Um, a good buddy of mine, Ryan Walters, runs a uh, burrito bar there at Breeze Hill in uh, Fayetteville. So I played there last night and then uh, made my way here this morning. Okay, well, we're very glad to have you wow. here. thank you. And... Uh, it might even impose on you, and we'll talk we after the show about the coming guests, back. We? <laughs> well, I was going to talk about that off camera after yeah, the show. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, again, uh, thereliefmusic.com. And uh, would you take us out on Down by the Riverside sure. and let Jerry Springer sing sure, a sure. verse with you as well? Absolutely. That, that might be make pretty the whole amazing. trip worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside I'm going to lay down my heavy load Down by the riverside I'm going to study one no more I ain't going to study one no more You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Foolery Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Gonna lay down my sword and shield Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Down by the riverside Gonna lay down my sword and shield